It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Guys, NFL 2021 is here. I am super excited. I cannot wait to go ahead and get the NFL season underway. And with me today, stats and analytics expert Mackenzie Rivers. Many of you guys know Mackenzie from pregame.com, straight out of Vegas on Fox Sports Radio, and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Mackenzie and I, we're going to go ahead, we're going to break down every Thursday night football game throughout the NFL season. And if you're looking for more from Mackenzie Rivers, just go to Twitter, type in at Mac and Rivers, and you'll see exactly why I picked Mackenzie to deep dive with me each and every Thursday night for the NFL season. All right, Mackenzie, before we go ahead, we jump into this Thursday night football game between the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. I have one quick question for you. Are you excited for the NBA to tip off here? In just a few short weeks. It's funny you're asking me about the NBA literally 36 hours before the start of the NFL season, but you could have asked me at five years old or 25 or 35. Basketball is my first love. I know I've got family in the NFL these days, but basketball is my first love. Cannot wait till October, November. Had a great basketball season last year. Just going to do it even bigger and better with all the different stats and analytics that I have access to, growing every day, growing my network of people giving me different numbers. Very excited, not only for the NFL season, but as you mentioned, for the, my bread and butter, the NBA season coming up later this fall. Yeah, man, the NBA to me is just, it, it's gotten long. I feel actually quite bad for the players because they have been, I kind of just feel like they've been through the ringer, McKenzie. Like they haven't had much of an off season. The NBA is going to turn right back around here. It's going to be, it's going to feel like it was like this three years of just NBA. Right, I mean, you look at Chris Paul, he was in the playoffs in the summer in the bubble. He had to do all of the six weeks of waiting and quarantine. Season started 45 days later, and it went from mid-December to late July. Not only this past season, but this upcoming season, as far as wear and tear on players' bodies, will be like unlike anything we've seen before. I know a lot of the injuries, they say were bad luck. Guy stepped on a guy's ankle, but you look at it, eight of the top ten players were out. That's not a coincidence. So I, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm right there with you. Players have had it bad. And I think if I'm an NBA team, I'm taking very, very not seriously until February, March, and then I'm gearing up. It's just too long of a season. It is. I agree with you with that 100%. I also think that if any of the sports stars deserve to be paid and, and deserve the money that they're actually making right now, they deserve to go ahead and, and make the amount of money. Um, that they're making because it's just been a real stress on them. Speaking of making money, McKenzie, I want to go ahead. I want to dive into this Thursday night football game with you. We have Dallas at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to be minus seven and a half, right around minus eight at some of the shops too. Uh, they're going to be the favorite in this one over and under total on this game, depending on which sports book you guys go ahead and shop at. Sits right around 51, 51 and a half. Uh, there are some 52s out there as well. Buccaneers defending Super Bowl champions, Cowboys a non-playoff team from a year ago. Dak Prescott will return from injury for Dallas, but Dallas is coming into this game already, McKenzie, with some concern. Six-time Pro Bowl right guard Zach Martin will miss this game due to COVID. Now, Martin, in my offensive lineman rankings, is near the top. McKenzie, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw this question out. It'll be twofold. With Martin being out, did you notice any line movement within the betting line after the news that Martin would go ahead and miss this game? And are you moving Mackenzie Rivers' line with Zach Martin now out for this game, regardless of what the odds makers might think? The answer to your questions is yes. 
And yes, was there a move in the line? Well, not right away. This this came out Saturday that Martin was on COVID, probably was going to miss the first game on Thursday. Line didn't really move Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday morning. You mentioned it, seven and a half and eight. All the seven and a halves are gone. The market is very much agreeing that Zach Martin not being there, Collins, the other offensive linemen possibly not being there, is significant, and I'm right there with them. I already made a bet at Bucks minus seven. Spoiler alert. I already am going to be on the side of the Buccaneers in this game. I think Zach Martin missing most games would be a half-point move. He's their best offensive lineman. He's their oldest tenured offensive lineman, so all the cohesion, all the signal calls, he's going to be essential to all that. But look who they're facing. Indomitian Sue, Vita Vea, facing literally maybe the greatest front seven in the game, maybe the greatest front seven we've seen in a minute. I mean, this is like 2001 Buccaneers type stuff. All seven of their front seven could be pro bowlers this year. They're that quality. Missing a guy as important in the middle as Zach Martin, not good. I, I, I already like the Bucs. I think it should be maybe a point of value in the Bucks' favor because of Martin and Collins being out. All right, so with the Dallas offensive line already compromised, you know, for this particular game, they do have an important job, and that job is protect Dak Prescott at all costs, give him a little bit of time to go ahead and pass the ball, you know, open up holes for Zeke Elliott. But Dak McKenzie, coming off of a serious foot, ankle injury last season, nothing really positive, you know, has come out throughout the offseason about Dak. And Dak hasn't taken a live snap in a preseason game. So in Mackenzie Rivers' mind, are you pessimistic or optimistic about Dak you know, coming into this season? Very, very pessimistic. And not only because he has the shoulder injury, he hasn't had a full camp, not only because of the ankle injury that kept him out two-thirds of last season, but just in general, when you look at the offensive juggernaut that have been the Cowboys the last five years, and they have been that good, the last time Dak played a full season, they were number two on offense by DVOA, the whole Cowboys were. You just look at all the things that made them great. They no longer have an elite back. I'm sorry, Ezekiel Elliott, you look like you're in shape and you're probably very good. But two years ago, I thought you were the best back in football. I don't think you're close to that right now. Offensive line, they were one of the best offensive lines we've seen in recent history. Almost everybody from those years, 2016, 2017, is gone. Zach Martin not going to be there. I mean, you just look at the rest of the offense. You're replacing Jason Garrett, the clapper with another guy I don't think has one iota of offensive ingenuity in his body and is Mike McCarthy. He's going to do exactly what worked in the NFL last year and what worked in the NFL the year before, and he's going to copy the best offensive strategies because he's a veteran of the game, but he's not bringing anything to the table. So you look at Dak, he's banged up. He says he's full go. He says he feels fine. He threw a 20-yard pass, and every beat reporter in Dallas said he's back and he's amazing. I don't see it. I think if he's 95% of what he was two years ago with the downgrades they've had at coach, running back, offensive line, I don't think this Cowboys team is going to be a top 10 offense like they were, even if Dak is healthy. And I don't think he's that healthy. Yeah, I love the fact that you brought up McCarthy because he's an ex-Green Bay Packer head coach. And you know me, McKenzie, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. And I was rooting for them to get rid of McCarthy. As you had mentioned, he's not you know, he's not like that 2021 type of head coach where, you know, he's looking to do things differently. Everything that he did, you know, his last couple of years with Rodgers on the field was pretty much the same story. I mean, it was the same offense. And I think Rodgers kind of got sick and tired of that. I agree with you. I think it is a little bit of a downgrade there, you know, coaching wise uh, for the Cowboys. 
why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about the market, you know, in, in regards to Dak. We talked about, you know, the market with Zach Martin. Season passing yards, McKenzie, over and under, has Dak Prescott right now at 4,745 yards. Could you tell me what his season passing yards have done throughout the offseason? Yeah, the highest I've seen him is 4,800 yards. And different places will put up different props, but I think that was pretty consensus, 4,800 one month ago. So with the ankle flaring up, with the shoulder, he's only had, I think, three full padded practices since the beginning of camp a month ago. You'd think the number would have plummeted. It hasn't. I'm looking right now, 4740 is, the, is our consensus number. Not enough of an adjustment. Just the fact that he might miss games. His over-under for games played, Bovada put out, is 14 and a half. I think the possibility Dak misses two and a half games means this number should be way lower than 4,800 yards, which is second highest in the entire NFL behind Mahomes. You know what was interesting was last year Dak Prescott started out like a man on fire. He threw for 1,855 yards, nine touchdowns. He only had like four interceptions, and that wasn't just, you know, five games. I mean, he averaged like 371 yards passing a game, and his projections, you know, for the end of the year, had he ended up playing, you know, all the games would have been – I mean, there would have been some record-breaking numbers probably in there. So, McKenzie, that's 371 yards passing a game for the five games that he played. But do you happen to know what his 16-game projection was for last season, passing yards, touchdowns, and interceptions? Doing a quick back-of-the-napkin math, 5,900 yards, 29 TDs, 20 picks. So that's a bunch of picks, a bunch of yards. And not that many TDs. So he was throwing the ball everywhere last season. It's not like they were super efficient, though. I mean, 5,900 yards would be a record, but you also shouldn't be throwing from behind every game. Do you feel like the defense for Dallas will be a little bit better? And a lot of that stuff that he went through last year probably was because of the defense as far as like where his, you know, where his numbers ended up because, you know, they were just down in every game. It was like, you know, fire the ball left and right, left and right. I have a gut feeling that the Dallas defense is going to be, I don't want to say much better, but I do believe it's going to be better this year. I think that that's going to hurt Dak a little bit, especially, you know, coming off of the injury. But do you believe that the defense last year was one of the reasons why, you know, his stats were boosted so much? And in your opinion, do you think that maybe his number is just slightly too high because of what we saw from last year? Yeah, I have been under 4,800 and at 4,750, I would strongly look towards the under. You mentioned Dak's start. They gave up 39 to the Falcons at home. They gave up 38 to the Seahawks the next week. The Cowboys gave up 49 points at home in week four, the week before Dak got hurt. And Football Outsiders does some great work on this. In general, the worst defenses in the league will be much closer to middle of the pack. Offense is more consistent year to year. Defense I mean, you get a new D.C., you get five of the 11 new players. You should be a lot better just because randomly you should be closer to average. So because the Cowboys were so historically bad on defense, especially when Dak was there to start the season, I think it's safe to assume they'll be a little bit better. How much better, whether that will make up for how much worse I think their coaching and offense has gotten the last couple of years, I don't know. But to answer your question, their defense should be better because it can't be worse. Yeah, I don't see how the hell they can go ahead and give up 37, 38, 43, and the rest of the numbers that you rattled off. I mean, that's like historically bad. I just don't believe that they have the roster to be historically bad. I think injuries played 
you know, a big part of that. Now, Dak hasn't had any real significant injuries while playing football. I didn't really see anything in high school. And since he split reps at Mississippi State back in 2013, and then he eventually became the starter in 2014 and 15 with Mississippi State, the only real injury I saw for Dak in college was a twisted ankle in 2014 following a game against Kentucky. Now, Dak, he ended up wearing a boot for a few days, but he played that next week. The boot was basically just a precautionary measure. You know, per the reporting that I read, Dak responded, you know, with that boot situation saying, you know, it was no big deal. Basically, like Beyonce had more problems with her boots or something to that nature. So, you know, basically he was just making jokes. But Dak said, you know, I'm ready to go. So I worry, Mackenzie, that, you know, Dak could kind of fall into – you know, that Derrick Rose kind of injury category where, you know, we have no idea how players will respond, you know, to an injury. And we, and we know what happened with Derrick Rose in the NBA. It took him years to go ahead and kind of get over all those knee problems that he had. And as I said, Dax never dealt with an injury to keep him out not even a week. So now he this is, you know, completely different to him. You know, he played every game that he was supposed to play in the NFL, you know, up to his fractured ankle. Never missed a called start due to injury. Uh, it wasn't pretty, and it seems as if Dallas right now is kind of handling him with kid gloves. And we also heard reports about his shoulder, multiple MRIs. You know, in order for me to believe that Dak is 100% and ready to go, I have to go ahead and I have to see it first. So uh, there's no way I could put any money on Dak to win games or to surpass any season win totals, player props, or anything right now with Dallas. I have to see it first. Now, Does that mean Dallas can't win this game? Sure they can. Does that mean Dallas can't cover this game? Sure they can. But the most important position on the field is the quarterback. I feel like any Dallas backing from myself, and this is just a recommendation, it needs to be done after we see what Dak can do on the field. I feel the safest way for me to approach Dallas and Dak right now is to go ahead and attack him probably in live betting. But I have to see it first. So, Mackenzie, with all that said, do you have any final thoughts on Dak before we go ahead and talk a little bit about Tom Brady? The concept that you are addressing here, and I think you're right to do so, is an important one for any gambler, any investor of any kind. Asymmetric risk. What is the middle scenario? What's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? I think all the passing props, the season win number, the Super Bowl odds, They're all pricing Dallas. I mean, this is changing slowly over the summer months, but essentially all the Dallas props are saying Dak is 100% who he was two years ago, 2019, when he was like the fifth, sixth best quarterback in the league. It's 24 months later. I think there is a fair chance that he's just as good. There's a decent chance he's even better with more experience, more tape work, et cetera. But I think there's a big chunk, a big chance that Dak just – Maybe it's health, maybe it's time away from the game, maybe it's offensive line. He's just not that guy. And I never thought he was a top five QB or had, you know, Hall of Fame potential. I never really thought that a Dak. He's serviceable, he's solid, or at least he was two years ago. I think any gambler has to appreciate the chance that he's just not that guy anymore. And that's my big concern is I wonder if he could ever become that top six, top seven quarterback again coming off of, you know, that that type of an injury. I think you're right. I think you got to see it. Unless you see it, there's no reason to think that it's the case. All right. Well, with Dak out of the way, let's go ahead and talk about Tom Brady. You know, he enters his 44th year now in the (laughs) NFL. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm joking, but I mean, let's face it. He's the Iron Man, you know, in the sports world. We don't get many Tom Brady's, uh, seven-time Super Bowl champ. Really, what left does, does Tom Brady have to do? I actually think McKenzie gets a lot. I believe Brady is looking to go ahead and pad these records as much as he possibly can. I think it's going to take probably 20 or 30 years before there's a guy who, you know, eventually can go ahead and break his records. And by that time, I believe Tom Brady's going to end up having stapled himself as the GOAT because not many are going to be able to come close to, you know, eventually when all is said and done, you know, what he's done. You know, Super Bowls, stats. You know, I'm not sure that he actually loves the game right now, McKenzie, but he is a competitor and we know that. And I doubt that that'll probably ever change. And even when he does officially retire, you know, he's going to have that competition of guys trying to go ahead and catch him. So, Mackenzie, with all that said, and that's just my personal opinion type stuff, is this the season we see Tom Brady fall off a cliff, you know, as many have predicted in the past? Or, you know, does Brady just do Tom Brady-like things all over again this season? It's a fascinating question. If you looked at Tom Brady, his last preseason game when he was like 11 for 12, and if you were scouting him, the zip on the ball, you know, blind resume, you'd think this guy's an excellent quarterback in the prime of his prime of his athletic performance. I think he's going to maintain that for another year or two because think about how much the NFL has changed and think about how many rules changed and how cerebral it is now in the passing game. Who else is going to accrue Louis C.K. said it takes 20 years to become a great comedian. You, you could be a good comedian right away, but to be a great stand-up comedian, you got to go through the trials and tribulations for 20 years. Well, I don't see anybody else that's going to have the experience, the muscle memory that Tom Brady has accrued over the past 20 years, and he doesn't have to be an athletic marvel to maintain it. He's got more zip on the ball than he, does, than he had 10 years ago, and he's just as slow as he ever was. So he can maintain that till 47, 48, you ask a pertinent question, does he love football? I don't know. You have to be a pretty egomaniac to just stay in the game for the for the credit and the love if you didn't actually like waking up every day and putting the pads on and doing all the little stuff that it takes to be successful. So I have to assume Tom Brady, with all his hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank, loves being with the guys every day and working on the little stuff and getting a little bit better. That's the only way I could see someone sticking with it this long. And the question is going to remain, is he dropping off? Check this stat out. Last seven weeks of the season, regular season, Brady was the best graded quarterback in pro football focus. 94.1. The next best out of anybody that played a significant amount of time, Deshaun Watson at 90. So the gap between like the second and the 10th guy, the last seven weeks of the season, the wrap of the season, was the same as the gap between number two and the GOAT Tom Brady. With those numbers in mind, that would suggest he's not dropping off. He's just as good as he ever was. And he's actually separated himself from the pack in the meantime. It's interesting you brought that stat up because there was a key player that you and I are going to talk a little bit about, Antonio Brown. You know, he was there for what, like the last eight games of the season. And it kind of took him, you know, a game or two to go ahead and get rolling. But, I mean, you would expect Brady to kind of, I don't want to say struggle, but you know, take a couple weeks to get going. So I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not surprised. I mean, it, it is Brady, but that's really impressive to, to, to even see somebody that's 44 years old, you know, doing those types of things. Now, Mackenzie, I want to talk a little bit more about Brady in a future sense. And you brought up something that kind of triggered something in my head. 
I don't think when he retires that he's going to be that guy that's old, washed up, that can't throw the football. I believe everything he has is kind of scripted. Tom Brady wants to leave the league, in my opinion, on top, in great shape, with really good numbers, where the crowd is saying, don't retire, don't retire. You're still playing better than almost all these other guys out there. I think that adds to the debate. And I also think when it comes to a debate, there's something that Brady wants to avoid. And that's the kind of debate that we're having with LeBron James and Michael Jordan. LeBron now, let's just say he owns, you know, a lot of the stats that Jordan once owned. But Jordan, he owns the titles. It's a debate for many. But Brady, I don't think wants that debate at all. He wants the stats. He wants the titles. And I believe this very much. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make my first official pick of the NFL 2021 season. And you could bet this right now at FanDuel, Tom Brady, over 4,600 passing yards. You could also go ahead and bet that at DraftKings under 4,750 if you guys want to go ahead and try to go ahead and secure a nice middle of 150 yards. But that's what I'm going to officially do here, McKenzie. I'm going to play Tom Brady over 4,600 passing yards. And I do believe Brady is going for stats and, more importantly, records. The single-season passing yards for one season is held by Peyton Manning. 5,477 yards. I believe Brady wants that record, and he has the guys to do it. He has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. He's got three tight ends in Gronk, Brayton, Howard, and now the Bucks. they bring in a third down pass catching specialist out of the backfield in Giovanni Bernard, and they already have Fournette, and they already have Rojo. Brady wants to go ahead, and he wants to do the unthinkable. He wants the records. He wants the titles. He wants the stats. He does not want a conversation like LeBron James and Michael Jordan. He wants to be the GOAT for 30 years where there is no debate. And as of right now, it's like, uh, well, Patrick Mahomes is – it's like, dude, Patrick Mahomes has one title. Like, what are you talking about? He could retire in 10 years like Andrew Luck. Tom Brady's the GOAT, but he wants to make sure that there isn't even a conversation. That's just how I kind of feel about it. So I feel Brady comes into this season knowing that he can win a Super Bowl, McKenzie – but he wants records. He wants stats. And I think that he goes well beyond that 4,600 passing yards. I think he's chasing Manning. I think he's going for that that single season passing yardage. I know that seems crazy for a 44-year-old guy, but I know Brady. He doesn't want that type of debate. So with all that said, McKenzie, let's just throw it back to you real quick. Tom Brady, 4,600 passing yards. How do you feel about that wager? I like it, and I generally don't like overs, but you look at a guy that doesn't miss games, and Tom Brady, you throw out his ACL year, never misses games. Unless you're going to suspend him for Deflategate, he'll be there. He's not missing games. And if you look at the last seven games again from last season, all with Antonio Brown, 320 yards a game. If he plays 17 games, that puts him at 5,500, smashes the over. So I, I generally agree with you, and especially because they're not looking to establish a running back. That's not how they play. They got Gianalvi Bernard. They got Fournette as off-speed pitches. But this is a pass-first, pass-long, pass-often type offense. Really like the play, Sleepy. All right. Well, that makes me really happy. I do want to talk about some of the line movement that you've seen and some of the betting tickets that have come in right now. I know you can go ahead and look this stuff up there, McKenzie, on the pregame.com game center. So my gut feeling says that the Buccaneers are going to be probably in a ton of teasers this week and probably a ton of money line parlays. Is there anything you could dig up on the pregame.com game center as far as the tickets go 
to go ahead and let our guys know like who's betting what is it the pros at the joes are they aligning together are they on opposite sides what are you seeing right now the pros and the joes have lined up and have put it to the bookies betting the buccaneers 83 percent of the cash 78 percent of the tickets against america's team in the face of america's team they don't care most of the big betters most of the public betters on the buccaneers all right, interesting stuff there. This line actually opened up Tampa Bay minus six, shot through the key number of seven, now up to minus eight at some spots. Mackenzie, I have two player props for this particular game. First prop I'm looking at right now, Ronald Jones under 57 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Jones might have gotten a little bit more run last year than probably expected. And I think the reason Bernard is here now is the Buccaneers really wanted that third down pass catching back. But the Buccaneers had a washed up Shady McCoy last year, uh, a guy in Keyshawn Vaughn. I really think the Bucs quickly realized that they can't have those guys on the field. So they went ahead, they made the move for Geo. Yes, I believe that will hurt Fournette and that will hurt Rojo. But I feel like Rojo probably gets hurt the most out of the two. Reason being is Fournette was actually the bigger producer in the passing game out of the two guys. Now, I don't expect either Fournette or Rojo to kind of go ahead and take over the running duties 100% that they're going to go ahead, they're going to split carries. So maybe they got in for half the snaps last year on offense, but now with Geo, I just can't see Rojo probably being on the field, being that he wasn't even a pass catching back at all, probably for more than like 33% of the snaps. So it's going to be a pizza bet for me. I'm a little bit low on Rojo for the season. I'm going to be low on him for this particular game. As you had mentioned, McKenzie, this is a pass-first offense, and I don't see where Rojo fits in here. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play him under 57.5 rushing and receiving yards. Mac, your turn. Not sure if you have any props or any picks for this particular game. Uh, I do have one more prop. I'll go ahead and I'll give that out, but I'll let you go ahead and give out anything that you got. I like... Dallas Cowboys and the Buccaneers first quarter under 10. I also bet under 10 and a half minus 150. I think they're both decent bets, 10 or 10 and a half minus the lumber. And here's why. The Cowboys on the road don't score in the beginning. They play conservative, especially without Martin, especially without Collins, especially with the banged up Dak Prescott. I expect them against the Buccaneers number three pressure rate team last year in the NFL to be as conservative as possible. That means a lot of screen passes. I also like, by the way, bonus bet, Ezekiel Elliott over 20 and a half receiving yards. But my better bet, my best bet, first quarter under 10 as the Cowboys are extra conservative. The Buccaneers, they like to run on first down in the first couple drives, establish that. Field goal, touchdown is 10. We're going under 10 and a half, lay the lumber or under 10. I like that bet. Oh, I was looking for this stat. I finally got it. So during the Dak era, the Cowboys went 17-1 and one to the under on the road in the first quarter. They start slowly on the road. All right, so all the stuff from Mackenzie Rivers there. Go ahead and give out a bet and his quasi-best bet there on uh, Zeke. Player prop. I have another player prop here, Mackenzie, and this one's catching steam everywhere. I got phone calls. I've heard it on the radio, and I actually typed this up officially. I didn't hear this at all yesterday, Mackenzie, and I sent you my notes what was it, yesterday afternoon sometimes? And I, I put the pick on paper. I said, here's what I like. And now all of a sudden, uh, I hear a lot of people like this pick. So uh, I'm in already on this one. Antonio Brown, over 49 and a half receiving yards. I made my line for this particular game. Antonio Brown, 63 and a half. 
receiving yards. And at 63 and a half, you know, that's a number that I would hesitate to go ahead and bet the under or the over. So uh, I do see value in that number here right now. Now, A.B., in my opinion, you know, with the Bucks in his second season, I think the argument can be made that, that you know, that he could arguably be the Buccaneers' number one option. You know, it's not that crazy to think that he could be that guy. You know, he was the most targeted guy as far as targets per game for the final eight games of the season for the Buccaneers. Now, naturally, yeah, it took A.B. a little bit of time to go ahead and, and get into the groove with the Buccaneers, you know, get into the system and, and get used to, you know, dealing with Tom Brady. You know, he saw Big Ben for a very long time and getting back in there on the offensive side of the ball, you know, after his hiatus. But, you know, Antonio Brown's back. And when the Steelers and when he left the Steelers and the Raiders, uh, anyone could argue you know, the AB was probably one of the best players in the league. I mean, he was going number one, number two off of fantasy boards. And that was a few years back. And wide receivers typically don't go number one, number two. Uh, but Antonio Brown was. And Antonio Brown, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I still believe Antonio Brown is 100% in his prime. And this is probably going to end up being a contract year for Antonio Brown. If, you know, if he has a good season, I think this could line up for a pretty good contract for him, uh, either with Tampa or potentially with another team. You know, Tom Brady likes Brown. You know, otherwise he wouldn't have gone ahead and brought him in there. And Brown, you know, he went over this number of 49 and a half receiving yards in four out of the eight games last season. And he was just shy of a, a you know, a half a yard uh, in one other game. So he was, you know, five out of eight games last year. Uh, he was right there or went over. And I really believe Antonio Brown is going to be a big part, you know, for that venture that I talked about with Brady, which, you know, I'm 100% fully convinced he's going for records this season. And although the Dallas defense was bad last year, I don't think it will be terrible this year, as I had mentioned. I actually think Dallas's defense won't even look remotely close to what it looked like last year. You know, they had a ton of injuries I had mentioned, and they go ahead, they lose Dak, they're completely dejected. You know, it was just a tough year for Dallas you know, all around, but they do struggle in three defensive departments, the pass rush, cornerbacks, and safety, and I have Dallas ranked right now as my 22nd ranked defense in the league, and if Dallas can't go ahead and generate any type of pass rush after Tom Brady, I think he's going to find Antonio Brown uh, more times than we think in this game. You know, the consensus opinion on AB, you know, within the fantasy community right now is actually really positive. You know, his average draft position, his ADP, was like 110th coming into the season. Right now, as of, what, a couple days away from kickoff, uh, his ADP right now is around 70. So that's a huge move in the fantasy world. I think it's warranted. I like Antonio Brown to make an impact here. He and Brady, I think they're going to find the matchups. Antonio Brown will go over this number of 49.5 receiving yards for this game. Mackenzie, keeping it on Antonio Brown here, what do you think for him? Uh, for this season, you know, from, you know, looking at what you saw from last year, you know, are you high, low, buy, sell? You know, what, what are you thinking? I'm buying Antonio Brown stock. I mean, think about this. This guy was first team all pro for four straight years. Then he's all pro. Then he's pro bowl, but he's not all pro. He leaves Pittsburgh, goes to Las Vegas, doesn't play. Forget about the reasons for a second. Doesn't play. Goes to Patriots, plays one game, actually plays one quarter get 60 yards and a touchdown. And then he's ostracized from the league, legal trouble, all that. He comes back. He's on a Super Bowl winning team. He's getting 
138 yards in his last regular season game before he got his knee injury in the first wild card game. I feel like people are sleeping on this guy. I mean, he was probably the best receiver of the decade, you know, unanimously three years ago, him and Calvin Johnson. And now he's talked about like an afterthought. It seems like a mistake. And if you listen to Bruce Arians this summer, he said after his knee surgery, this guy's moving like it's four or five years ago. This guy's moving at the speed that he was when he was the best receiver in the world. And he's not even a top 30 fantasy receiver this year. Probably a mistake. I think there's a very good chance that we can talk about the Buccaneers receiving core, best in the league. We talk about Evans, Godwin, and Brown together, all three, versus right now where Brown's kind of an afterthought. I think he might be just as good as those other guys. You know what's funny, McKenzie? I I started following Antonio Brown on Instagram right at the right at the time where he was just I want to say he was kind of out of his mind. Like he was having trouble with his wife. The the cops were at the house. He had all this stuff going on with the Raiders. And it was like, this dude's a circus. And I believe I did a podcast. Maybe it was Chris. Maybe it was with Dan. And I said, look, this dude is one of those guys who we're going to read about in a couple years that committed suicide because his whole life just fell apart. And a lot of it was probably due to money. Uh, potential money issues, um, who knows, you know, the, the the fall from glory, whatever the case might be. And I, I could sit here and tell you now that I'm glad that I was wrong. Uh, I don't I don't believe that that's going to happen to Antonio Brown. But what I noticed when I followed him on Instagram is this dude works his ass off. He is out there every day working out, running, playing, catching, doing anything he needs to do, eating healthy. And he's not afraid to post that stuff. And it's not like these are all regurgitated posts. This is what he does every day. This dude works out constantly. He plays football constantly. So as I question, you know, does Tom Brady, you know, still love the game? I can tell you right now, Antonio Brown, he just loves being in shape and playing football. I'm not sure if he actually, you know, loves the game game. But this dude just, he, he I think he's just a health nut. Like he just loves running around, catching footballs, winning games, getting paid big money. So I'm glad I'm wrong about my prediction back then. But right now, uh, I got to be honest, I actually love me uh, some Antonio Brown. Mackenzie, let's shift over to the Dallas defense. We're going to end up wrapping this up here in a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the Dallas defense, some of the things maybe from last year, maybe some of the things that we should probably go ahead and consider you know, for this upcoming season with them. Antonio Brown, by the way, 195th overall. Tom Brady, 199th overall. What do they have in common? They work their butts off, so commendable the Dallas defense the Dallas notoriously cowboy terrible defense from last year wasn't that bad by some metrics only 23rd by YPP only 23rd by DVOA but the guys actually looking at each play and grading the performance of each mistake from each linebacker pro football focus had them as the 28th worst defense in football and like like we were talking about early in the year was probably even worse than them They gave up 49 points to a team in the Atlanta Falcons that won four games. So any laughable statistic that you want to make up about the Dallas Cowboys 2020 defense is pretty believable because they gave up 49 points to a team that won four games. Some of those stats are just absolutely unthinkable. I'm going to go ahead and steal a page out of somebody's book here, McKenzie, and I don't even know what show this is to. You're probably a little bit more hip to 
the stuff that's on TV. I'm not, you know, I watch sports. I couldn't tell you the last TV program that I actually watched. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you guys tomorrow's headlines today. So actually, I'm going to give you Friday's headlines for Thursday. And I think the headline's going to read, Dak dazzles, but the defense doesn't. Now, look, I'm going to go ahead and I'm not going to lay any points in this game. I'm not going to take any points. But seven and a half is typically a number that I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take that with the dog. Or I'll look to go ahead and tease the favorite, you know, down to minus one or a pick them, you know, if they're at home. I like this Dallas offense overall. I mean, C.D. Lamb, I think the dude's a game breaker. Cooper, uh, he's very good. You know, Gallup, he could beat you deep. Jarwin, I think he's, you know, a decent tight end. And Zeke, um, I think he's a very good running back. Uh, his backup, Pollard, is actually, you know, quite capable. And we know the Dallas offensive line, a little banged up right now. But uh, when Zach Martin gets back and the other guy, I think they're actually going to be pretty good. And one other thing that I typically don't like doing is is fading dogs in primetime games. I've made a living probably over the last three years picking my spots, taking the underdog, you know, getting three and a half or seven and a half points. It's just it's just not a number that I want to go ahead and lay here uh, with Tampa Bay. So I'm not going to go ahead and I'm not going to play uh, a side or a total in this particular game. As I had mentioned, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give out my props. Antonio Brown over 49 and a half receiving yards and Ronald Jones under the 57 and a half receiving yards. And I'll throw in my plays. I like Ezekiel Elliott over 20 and a half receiving yards. And I like the first quarter under 10 or better yet under 10 and a half laying 140, 150, both fine. All right. Good stuff there from Mackenzie Rivers. Uh, you guys got all our plays here for the game. Before we go ahead and wrap up here, guys, uh, I just want to say I want to have a really good NFL season this year. I want you guys to go ahead and have a really, really good season. Uh, we put our podcast lineups together, and I felt like, you know, that I didn't want to do one podcast where we had 15, 16 games in there and just bury you with all these picks and all these games with, you know, very short handicaps. I know what McKenzie's good at. You know, I work with McKenzie. I work alongside him pretty much every damn day. And this dude, he brings out the best and a lot of the people that he works with because his, you know, level of intelligence and, and the things that he does on a daily basis for pregame.com, you know, he makes you think, he makes you work. And, you know, to have him on this podcast, I think is not only a gift for me, but it's also a gift for you guys. So we're looking to go ahead. We're looking to go ahead and blow the top off this year, you know, blow the top off with the player props, all our fantasy stuff. That's what we want to be known for. You know, your go-to fantasy football information and player prop information website, uh, on the betting predators if you guys want info uh, right now we have our premium package up uh, you guys as Christel says it's criminally underpriced uh, get that start making money now as i mentioned go to bettingpredators.com big thanks to mckenzie rivers you guys know where to go ahead and get mckenzie on twitter at mac and rivers get me at sleepyj underscore pregame and you guys can find us both at pregame.com the best sports betting information site on the web uh, make sure you guys go ahead and listen to the podcast that we have coming out throughout the week. Uh, please write a review because uh, we, we haven't had many reviews uh, over the last year. Make sure you guys subscribe and all that happy stuff. But with that said, guys, NFL 2021 is here. We are here with you. We hope you guys kick the bookies' butts this season. With all that said, I'd like to say best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>